1: Welcome, beautiful spirits. Thank you for joining me here today. Today, we're going to be talking about something a little unusual. And you may wonder why I'm getting into talking about decluttering your life. Well, let me just say this. Cluttering and decluttering really impacts you emotionally, psychologically, and even physically. And because of that, It's going to make your life feel so much less limited if you actually take those steps forward and that's what this show is all about. So anything I find as I go along my merry way that may help you move forward and make your life more joyful, more peaceful, or more whatever the heck it is that you want to make your life less limited, that's what I want to talk about. So today my plan is to talk about how this clutter and Decluttering can impact your life, There's maybe some psychology behind it, the benefits that you get from decluttering, which is a heck of a lot, the different types of clutter that you may not have thought of that are around, well, I'm really going to walk you through the entire process from getting started, deciding to whether to get rid of something or keep it or donate it, and then things sometimes people forget, putting everything back together again so your house doesn't look like a bomb went off in it. And then at the end, I'll talk about how you can get help if you want it. First off, let me just say that clutter can impact every part of your life, your home, your business. Sometimes it can stress you out and even way more than you think. I remember when I was working as a legal assistant and I had one of the partners who I didn't work for, I'd walk into his office and I'd stop short every single time and go, oh my God. Because his desk looked like a bomb went off in there. Literally, there were stacks of individual pieces of paper. And you'd think, stacks? Yeah, no problem. But it was a mound. And all over the floor, there were pieces of paper. I don't know how he'd get anything done. Stress increases your cortisol level. And I looked this up on Healthline.com. Because cortisol is actually good. As long as you don't have too much of it. So according to them, cortisol regulates your blood sugar. It helps reduce inflammation. It helps regulate your metabolism and helps with your memory. But if you have too much, which is what stress happens, you might have weight gain, acne, thinning skin, easy bruising, a flushed face, slowing and healing. This keeps going. Muscle weakness, severe fatigue, irritability, difficulty concentrating, high blood pressure or headaches, which stress definitely does happen. And I know personally, when you get way too much stress, your hair can fall out. That was one of my clues that, oh, I must be really stressed out now because I don't usually feel that stressed, but everybody holds it differently. So you may not even know that you feel stressed until somebody goes, why are you so annoying? Why are you so irritable? And you'll go, what? Oh, maybe I am stressed out. So maybe one or two of these is the way that you react when you get stressed. It doesn't mean you have to have all of these symptoms. Too much of this cortisol can lead to depression and lack of energy. So if you have too much stress, you might just close up shop and go home and put on, pull the covers over your head. Your productivity can go down. And sometimes when you have so much clutter, you just feel like you're going in circles trying to find things. I don't know if you feel that way. But sometimes whenever I get a little too messy, I'll look around going, I had that a minute ago. (laughs) Where did I put it? It was on this table, I swear. And it ends up in another room. But you don't see it immediately if you have too much clutter. You can also kind of have a problem with your social life because sometimes we get embarrassed if our homes don't look good and we don't really want to invite people over. I mean, it's like people, you go over their house and they say, oh, don't mind my house, it's a mess. And you look around and you go, you've got to be kidding me this is perfect. You should see my house. No, maybe you shouldn't see my house. Maybe it's just me. (laughs) But sometimes you go to people's houses and they say that and you're just going, really? No, this is like way too perfect. Now, as an energy worker, the area that has a lot of lower vibration with people is when they have all this stuff around the house. Because so many times, all the energy you put behind something the junk that you have laying around, the treasures you have buried, all those things that people have touched, they carry this energy with it. And sometimes it's heavier than other times. But as you get rid of stuff, don't be surprised if you start feeling lighter. Your life will feel, maybe you'll even see clearer. It's the strangest thing. But the benefits I'll get into in a minute. But first, I want to say one thing that people are run screaming from the room when you talk about decluttering sometimes. But it doesn't have to look rigid. When you're trying to organize something so you can find it, it doesn't mean it has to be this lines in the closet where you open up your kitchen and you have alphabetized spices. I mean, if that's your gig, fabulous. Do it so you don't go crazy because maybe that's what you need to see. But it just means that there will be less things around you and you can put them however and wherever it makes the most sense for you. It needs to be comfortable for you. So, you don't need to worry about this over organized thing. We hold on to things for so many different reasons. Sometimes we have emotional connections because maybe they're family heirlooms or they remind us of good times. Maybe our child made something for us when they were growing up. Or my mom kept something I made in the brownies forever. Sometimes we hold on to things because we have this fear of lack and maybe it won't be available later. So, if you grew up and you didn't have enough food, or you didn't have anything but hand-me-downs, maybe you have 20 boxes of cereal at your house because you don't want to run out. Three bags of flour. Or maybe you buy clothes in bulk because you can and you couldn't before. Sometimes it's hard to get rid of something that someone gave us because we feel guilty or we feel like they're going to be judging us if they find out we got rid of it. And sometimes we get rid of things easily, but then again, we feel like maybe we might need something, even if we haven't used it in two or three years. Another reason you might want to keep something is because you feel guilty because something costs too much tools or new dresses or whatever it may be. And you're going, oh, I haven't worn it yet or I've worn it once. And should I get rid of it? Or that tool I bought for this project, I never did. Should I keep it? Should I get rid of it? It's too expensive. I don't want to just give it away. Sometimes the excuse we use is that we just don't have time to declutter. It's not on our priority list. It feels like a waste of time. But honestly, I decided to do the show because I did recently pre-record YouTube videos giving tips on decluttering. And I realized that when I started thinking about it, this is something that really can impact your entire life and you can make it better. And since that's what I'm all about, as I said earlier, helping people find their joy, I decided that I do one show for this. Now, in case you're wondering why, I think I know something about this. Not only am I super organized, but I also used to be a co-owner in a business called Organization Revolution. So I've worked with clients before, and I really wanted to put my knowledge out there in a little different way than what I've done. I want to talk about some of these benefits of decluttering. And even just organizing things so that they make sense for you. You know, everything in the place that you want it. So you know where it is. First off, the benefits are, as I said earlier, less stress, less depression, less heaviness feeling. You may feel like you have more energy. And you may feel just relief that things look so good when you walk in the door. You could get a feeling, and everybody I've worked with gets this great feeling of a job well done. This weight being lifted. There's not so much stuff everywhere. People have more productivity at home or at their business too if their desk looks like my ex-boss did. And the home can feel happier. It can feel like a place you really want to go to much more than what you've done before. And honestly, sometimes you can have a feeling of this euphoria, this peaceful, blissful kind of feeling when you come home because you really can't believe it's your home, especially if it's been kind of messed up for a while or even to other people may not look bad to them but to you maybe you put things under your bed stuff them in your closet your drawers don't look good but darn your house looks great it's no problem as long as nobody opens a closet because things will fall on them. so whatever it is and however you have your home know that you can do however you want to make it any way that makes you feel better so how do you get started Well, first, you need to decide if you want to work on a smaller project or a bigger one. If you get overwhelmed easily because you don't want to give up before you get too far into it, start with one drawer, maybe a junk drawer in the kitchen or an underwear drawer or one shelf. Maybe in your desk, you have a drawer that you can never find anything. Or when you open, it always gets stuck in one of those drawers. Maybe you want to start with something a little bigger, like a piece of furniture, maybe the whole desk or the whole set of bookshelves chest of drawers. Maybe you have a little bigger intention than that, and you want to start with a small area of a room, like a, a corner of a room or an entryway, or maybe the area where you put your mail all the time. And if you're getting a little bit bigger, you're looking at the closet or the maybe a filing cabinet or the pantry. And if you go for the whole room, hopefully you've done this before so that you know you're not going to get stuck and make everything just a big mess, because you need to know that it always looks way worse after you get started, and before you get things put away. So don't get just totally freaked out and have that happen to you because we don't want to leave everything a disaster in the middle when it can look so much better if you can just go ahead and take those extra steps. So you don't want to get overwhelmed the first few times you do it. Perhaps you have to know yourself. Are you a big project person and you'll do it? Or are you somebody that goes, eh, one drawer is good? You need to know yourself so decide where you want to start. And then when you do that, you need to decide what you're going to need. So you need to look at the area that you're starting at and then go ahead and say, okay, do I need a closet organizer? Do you need to measure and maybe buy ahead of time? If you're going through a garage, there's open shelving, plastic bins to keep the mice and the dust out, maybe a metal bin, hanging racks for bicycles and other large things like skis. Pegboards maybe for tools or gardening implements. You might want to do bookshelves for baskets and dividers and bookends. Maybe in open shelving or closets, you want baskets for those. Or realize you don't have to go out and buy a lot of stuff. If you look around your house, you might be able to find things that you can repurpose. Boxes that came in the mail that you can cut up or cover or stick in a corner so nobody can see what it actually is. And the baskets or bins you already have, maybe you bought for a different project. You can reuse those. But remember that you're going to have less stuff, so you won't need as much of the bins and the boxes as you think you might, because hopefully you will have gotten rid of a lot of it. Number one thing to buy, a shredder. Always have a shredder. If you have one that takes one sheet of paper, go buy one that takes five to ten, because if you really go through your paperwork, you're going to need it. And get one that's cross-cut shredder shreds it really tiny because that way you won't have these long strips people can actually see and put back together again now remember to keep your receipts because you may overbuy or you may buy something and you go, yeah this doesn't work like i thought it would as well as when you go out the best places to go as far as i'm concerned are walmart and target because they're less expensive and ikea of course for those things you get to put together if you want shelving that's a little different looking or, you know, wherever you want to go, but those are, are really good places to find things like that. And there's, of course, organization stores as well. Now I want to say one more thing. If every time you look at something, you want to keep it or every time you look at it, you want to throw it away or donate it, you might not be in the right frame of mind to actually do a declutter session. As you start going, if you go keep, 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 uh oh, go somewhere where you can Kind of get into the habit, some area of your house, you go, oh, this is garbage. I can go through this easy. To so get in the mindset, even if you only do one drawer or a couple of files in the file cabinet, just so that it's easier to get into the, I can get rid of stuff. I'm going to go into the categories of clutter next. I mentioned a couple of these earlier. So here are the ones I'm going to talk about. The ones that are sentimental, memorabilia, that are family related, pictures, items that's been passed down, things like I said before your child made for you, So that's a sentimental one. There are collections. So maybe you have multiple of the same ones like action figures or McDonald's Happy Meals that you collected over the years. Gifts from other people. There are unused or new items that you might need that you have as a category. Unfinished projects. Then there's paperwork, which is its own category. It takes a lot of effort to go through. There are duplicate items, broken items. Garbage and clothing. I'm believing that also be its own because that takes quite a bit of effort to go through. When you start, you want to have an area set up for keeping. Okay, you want to have a keep area, or like a on your bed or on the floor and a you know, on a table, wherever you want to put the keep items. You want, of course, a garbage bag or something where you can put the garbage. That's definitely garbage that you know you're throwing away. If you're in your garage or something, you might have. A stack on the ground if they're bigger items. You also want to have a bag or a box that's marked for donate. That's the normal things that most people say keep, toss, or donate. But there's one more category that I'm going to talk about later that I think you need because sometimes you just can't decide if you're really willing to get rid of it. So people keep it or they donate and then they're sorry. I got another fourth thing that I'll talk about towards the end of the show. So here we go. We're going to decide now what do you do? how do you keep, when do you toss, and when do you donate? I'm going to give you some ideas here, see if they help you. And I know it can be hard psychologically and kind of painful. I was helping my parents move when they moved into assisted living a number of years back. And I'd ask my mom, because my dad had Alzheimer's and he wasn't helpful, mom, do you want it? And she'd say yes, almost every time. And I finally got to the point of going, they're going from a 1200 square foot house with a double car garage and a backyard to a one bedroom, probably four hundred or five hundred square foot assisted living, might have been a tiny bit bigger, obviously no garage. They couldn't keep all this stuff. So I finally said, You don't need this, do you? And she looked at me and she went, No. So sometimes I knew she'd want it and I wouldn't ask her that question. But it's really psychological. Allow yourself to keep things you really want. These are reasons you might want to keep something. Okay. If it brings you joy, you use it all the time unless it's falling apart, or if it's totally rusted or something where you need a new one, that's different. But generally, if you use it often, it gives you joy, you love it, you wear it, it's hard to replace. Maybe it's multifunctional, or it saves you time or money. And maybe you are the keeper of the family heirlooms. These are reasons that you might want to keep it. But let's go into that heirlooms thing now. The sentimental stuff obviously if you love it keep it but if it's hidden away don't keep it hidden away if it's something you love pull it out hang it up if it's a picture or maybe it's a china plate that you have china from your grandmother or something pull out a plate or two and hang them up so you can see them or at least use them on special occasions if you have any and if you don't have any make a special occasion pull them out once in a while use it see it do something so that it doesn't have to be hidden away. Is it a baby shoe? Maybe you make a glass cover out of it and you put it in a, in a memorabilia area so that you can see it or pass it down to your child so they have their own baby shoe. Most of the time, you probably won't toss these things unless they're broken and you decide you don't want to mend it. But realize that if you have a next generation who'll appreciate some of these things, you don't have to keep them yourself. You could pass them down do it now. Don't wait to die. See that people enjoy them. Unless you love it so much, you just can't get rid of it. Allow yourself to pass some of these things on now. And if you really like something, but it's more the memory than the thing itself, take a picture of it, frame it, put it on the wall and then donate the item. You don't have to keep everything. So the next one is collections. I've seen on YouTube when somebody is, somebody was playing the drums on YouTube, I saw it there and I'm looking at it and going, they have shelf after shelf behind them of action figures crammed in there. And while they may have loved them, how they could see any of them because they weren't displayed at all. They were just shoved in there. Is that what you want? Do you need them smashed together or do you want to honor your collection? Maybe you pull some of them away so you can see them, or maybe you just don't need them all. You just keep the ones you love the most, and maybe you sell them for money. So that's a little harder with some people to get rid of, but just as a thought. Now, what about those gifts from other people? Because if you love them and you feel good and you just think they're wonderful, of course, keep them, duh. But if you're not sure and you're afraid to throw them away because you think you'll be judged about it, you got to put up some boundaries. First, realize you don't need to keep everything someone gives you or your house will be overflowing if you get gifts. But if you don't love it, wear it, use it, just think it's great, throw it away or donate it. These make excellent white elephant gifts. Uh, but just a warning here, make sure you put a note on it uh, who gave it to you so you don't accidentally give it back to the same person. And then put it in a gift drawer or area so that you have it ready in case you have a white elephant in a totally different area than the person who gave it to you. Now, I do have another suggestion which might work for you. If you're afraid to hurt someone's feelings or that came from somebody important like an in-law or someone that you're going, mm, they're going to notice, they're going to care. If you don't want to actually get rid of it yet, if it's normally out, remove it from the shelf where everyone can see it. And see if anybody says anything, put it in another room, put it in a, I'll get rid of it later stack and see what happens. If no one says anything and it's months later, you can get rid of it. But if someone says something, you can always just say that you moved it to another room because you wanted to enjoy it or that you're switching things out every six months. and you can always put it back if you've kept it. Just saying you have these options. Okay. The other things are unused and new items. You might have a fear you're going to need them in the future. Look at each item and say, how long have I had this thing? Have I had it five or 10 years and I've never used it? Maybe it's time to donate it. Or if you look at it and you go, oh no, this thing cost me lots and lots of money. And you go, well, maybe I don't want to get rid of it. Should I get rid of it? Decide how easy it is to replace it and how much it costs. And then make some sort of a decision that works for you. Maybe you can sell it because you don't think you'll need it. And maybe you put it somewhere for a certain number, maybe one more year, and then you get rid of it. The last item I want to go through right now are broken items. Now, you need to be honest with yourself. First off, will you repair it or will you have it repaired? Does the item have enough value to you? Is it expensive? Does it have sentimental value? are you going to take it to the repairman? If you have two lawnmowers and one of them is just laying there, you're not going to fix it. Probably. If you already have one that works, if you have jewelry, take it to repairman, leave it out. If you have to, until you do put it on your to-do list. And then the other thing is if you repair it to yourself, if you want to think you will, then add it to your list, but don't put it away like mending because you'll forget about it and make sure you toss out the things that you will not fix cuz most people will not want broken items. The next set of items are under unfinished projects. Things you might do someday. You know those projects you have set up, you buy the stuff for, if you're a crafter like I am, you buy the whole set of stuff and you get it partially done. I always have at least one needlepoint project or some sort of needlework that's sitting there. I may not have touched it for 10 years, but it's still there until either I finish it or I get rid of it. So you have to be honest with yourself. If you're pretty sure you're going to do it at some point, keep it. But if you're pretty sure you won't, maybe you have a friend that will, or maybe it's time to either junk it or donate it, depending on what the items are that uh, make up this unfinished project. The next ones are duplicate items. Now you might think something will break, so therefore you need to have two. But do you need to have seven or eight? because sometimes we keep a bunch of extra ones so like ladies maybe you have five curling irons or blow dryers and and maybe gentlemen you don't need five tools that do the same thing you don't need 10 screwdrivers all over the house or in the garage ladies maybe you have a bunch of them i mean i don't know so sometimes we have mountains of paper clips that we're never going to get through even if we use every paper clip our entire life we still will never use all of our paper clips so whatever you have that many duplicates of It's time to look at it and decide, look, to be honest, if you lay them all out by what you own, like when you go through your clothing, which is the next category, you might find five black sweaters. You might find 10 work shirts. Do you need all of them? If the answer is yes, then fine. But if the answer is, you know, I almost never wear this anyway. I only have one I like. I should keep two more, but I can get rid of the other three. Just be honest with yourself. Decide what you need. Now, when you're looking at clothing, which is the next one, it must fit or very close to it. Anything that is really off, unless you are somebody that really bounces up and down all the time, it's time to get rid of it. If you love it and you wear it and you feel good when you're wearing it, keep it. I have one kind of tricky one here. If you wear it and everybody else likes it on you, but you hate the item, that's something you have to decide about. I've ended up getting rid of some of those things and I'm glad. Because I don't like wearing them. They bother me. They don't fit right or they creep up or they do something that it just doesn't feel comfortable. And so those I've decided, you know, I don't care what other people say. Unless I can find a way to make them comfortable, they're out the door. That's an option for you. Of course, you need to keep anything that's uniform related that you need that you would have to buy again if you would get rid of it. Unless it's ripped or, or soiled or something that you can't fix. You do get special dispensation for certain types of items, special occasion clothing, like Christmas or formal wear. I don't care what people say. If you only go out occasionally, formal wear, and it was expensive clothing, and you go maybe once a year, but sometimes you miss a year, you don't need 10, but maybe you want to keep three that you love the most. Four. You don't want to get rid of all of them because they're usually fairly expensive, some of them, and sometimes you need them. But don't go crazy and have a, a ton of everything for that sort of thing. If things don't fit, like I said, that's important. Make sure if they're ripped, if you're not going to fix it, if you're the kind like I am that has mending forever and you totally forget it's there until you go in and you go, oh, look, I have mending. I haven't seen this for three years. <laughs> Maybe it's time to let, let it go. Because if you didn't even notice it, unless you were missing it and didn't know where it went, let it go. So make sure you donate those extra items. If you have 50 sweaters, separate by color, and then get rid of some of them, the duplicates. If you have 40 pairs of shoes, there's some that aren't going to fit, some that are going to be threadbare. No matter how comfortable they are, they may just be time to go. Or maybe they graduate to your outdoor shoes and you throw the outdoor shoes out, the ones you run out to get the mail or something, run out with the dog, those kind of shoes. There's always one pair that's laying around somewhere we're going to head over to paperwork now. Most people's least favorite things to talk about. You want to keep things as they're needed, but things get stale all the time with paperwork and yet we keep them. So if you have to have somewhere that you're going to put paperwork, whether it's a two to file cabinet or a four or five to a file cabinet, depending on what kind of stuff you keep, make sure you keep taxes for the prescribed time. But even with taxes, you can scan everything. Make sure you scan all the backup, including all the receipts, because receipts do tend to fade away, so scanning those is great. And then you don't have to keep the paperwork, but make sure you keep a backup of your backup if you do that, so you have your taxes that you can print out for people. You want to keep all your current manuals for any you know, refrigerator, your, whatever you have, unless, of course, you can get them online, because nowadays, you can usually get it online, you want to keep warranty information. If you have old schoolwork or notes or papers that you want to keep, you can scan most of it. You don't need to keep it all. Old documents, old manuals. If you have things that are sold, tossed out, old copies of taxes, you can get rid of all of that stuff. And any kind of bills that you can get online and kind of invoices like bank statements. You get those for a number of years. Also, like electric bills, you can get those. You don't usually need to keep those. So if you can get them online, you don't need to print them out. But number one important thing on paperwork: shred anything with personal information. That is the most important thing that I can say. I'm going to get to that new category I mentioned earlier. So you have the keep pile, you have the toss throw it out, and then you have the donate pile, right? I have one I call the I can't make up my mind pile or I can't decide pile because you may not be ready to throw it out yet or donate it, but you're not sure if you need to keep it. If you have space, whether it's under your bed or in a garage, that seems to work the best because you'll see it there. You can put your undecided items in a clear bin. Maybe right before you walk out the garage, you could have a shelving unit and you have at least a shelf or maybe two if you need it for two or three of these bins. And you put a date on the outside, six months from the time that you went through it. So that six months from now, you're going to pull this bin out or maybe nine months by the time you get to it, but intention of six months, pull it out, go through every single thing in that bin that you weren't sure if you wanted to keep or donate. You're going to find that it's going to be really easy to make up your mind because you won't have missed these items. And if there's, if you changed weight and you can actually fit in maybe a pair of pants you didn't have, you couldn't get into before, then you can pull it back out again before you get rid of it. You can also look at things and go, I don't even remember this thing. God, I hated that thing. Oh, this is good. Good. Get rid of it. And then get it out of the house. Don't let it sit there another six months because you haven't gotten around to donating it. Stick it in a bag or a box and get it out of there. Keep the bins for the next time that you have an unsure pile. The next step is putting everything back where it belongs. So whether you are just doing one drawer or a huge shelving unit or the whole garage or your closet, whatever it may be, you need to make sure that you have things where you want them to be. It has to make sense for you it doesn't need to be labeled and alphabetized, like I said before, and all these other things. That doesn't work for you. Make sure you use what you bought or that you're repurposing bins, shelves, baskets, whatever it is that you have. And you may find that you've cleared enough out that you can like rearrange things. You can decide, well, this shelf used to all be for books. Now I can actually use it for something else. Maybe I can put CDs in here because I have more room. I've gotten rid of so much stuff. So for example, some things that make sense for you, maybe in kitchen items, you have pot lids. Maybe you're the kind like I do. You like to put the pot lids in a drawer that's underneath the oven because that's where you need them, right? You don't need anything else but the pot lids down there. So you have to get one thing that might maybe will organize your pot lids for you that will fit underneath there. Maybe you want your stove utensils in a drawer next to the stove, or maybe you'd rather have them in a like, fancy container like so many people have out. But don't put all of them on top. Put the ones you use the most on top so that you don't have a giant container with about 20 spatulas and things out there. Clothes you might want to put by color or maybe by use. So you have work in one area and play or work out in another area so that you can find things. However, it works so you can find things. All like items you might want to have together. Organize by what works for you. Now, this is especially true for books and CDs and DVDs. You might want these just in alphabetical order, CDs, so that you can find them. Or maybe you want to do it by genre. So if you have an eclectic state, your taste runs in, I like country and classical and rock and roll and R&B. I'm also a musical theater buff. So each section I have by group, and then I have it in alphabetical order because I can't find anything otherwise. That may not be for you. However you can find things is what you should do. Sometimes people like to leave countertops and tabletops and things like that less cluttered, not to put hardly anything on there, but just specific items. Maybe you even want to put away a lot of the smaller appliances that are normally on top that you don't use very often. Maybe it's time to find a home for those, or maybe if you don't use them at all and they're still on your countertop, put them away. But the more you use it, The more you need it in a place, it's easier to reach. It's easier to find. So make sure that it's a drawer that's easily reachable. You don't have to climb up high or go around on your hands and knees trying to get something out that's too far down, whether it's a mid-level shelf or it's something. And of course, if they're heavier books and stuff, you probably need to put them on the bottom of a shelf if you're looking for that, just because they tend to bow the shelves. But everything, as I said before, needs to be in a place that makes sense to you so you can find them. That's one of the most important things. Now, I realize one of the things that will happen is that you probably will get overwhelmed. Almost everybody has it happen at some point or another. You get started, you pull something apart, you put things all over the place and then you go, oh my God, it's been two hours and I it looks, it's a disaster zone, but that's okay because it's going to happen. You have to expect it to get worse. I said this near the beginning, expect it to be worse before it gets better. It could be a whole lot worse than what you think. So try to make sure that you don't end up spreading things all over the place if you don't have to. If it's obvious, toss, donate, make sure you have those clear set piles for yourself. But I know sometimes we have to empty everything out in order to see what we have, especially if you're in a sweater drawer or you're emptying like three drawers out at once. Things are going to be all over your bed or all over the floor. Just know that that's okay. Start organizing by color if you're doing clothing or by type so that you can see how many things you have. Look for things that need to be mended. Take them out of the drawers. Don't leave them there. Don't put them on later and go, great, there's a hole in the sleeve. If you see it, pull them out. Don't leave them in there. Make sure that as you work, if you start getting overwhelmed, you realize that maybe I should turn on some music. I should make it more fun. I should do something that will get me through this time. Maybe you get on the phone with a friend you just chat and get distracted so that you're not concentrating and it's so overwhelming. Or maybe before you even start you kind of get in a, a little help with each other and you say, okay, you come help me with this room I'll come help you with yours." Or maybe they're like me because yeah, I'm weird. I love obviously having had organization revolution I love doing it. so sometimes my friends go, Oh, come over. Oh, you can help me. So I mean, I love doing that. I love helping people move. I'm strange. I love to help pack, but I'm a great friend to have because of that. Right? So make sure if you know you're someone that will get overwhelmed or have a problem that you get your spouse on board, or maybe you get your child involved, ask a friend, maybe they'll help you keep on track. Or like I said before, keep it fun, have music, do something that you can just enjoy it. And by all means, if you want to give yourself a reward for finishing something, have something at the other end when you say, okay, if I finish this, then I get something else. So please don't make it more stuff. Unless it's something you really need, maybe it's food or going out to eat somewhere or going somewhere, something that is enjoyable that you can reward yourself with. Maybe you'd like to have a book. Maybe a book will help you to get more ideas. A couple of people I find that are really helpful are Julie Morgenstern. Tony Hammersley is pretty good. And then there's also something even called decluttering for dummies, believe it or not. Ashley has some pretty good ideas in there. You may find that as you go along, certain items or maybe everything, you it just hurts too much to make decisions. Maybe you get frozen and you, you just can't move forward. So maybe you need a life coach or maybe if it's really based on something super heavy you need a therapist, it's really worth it to take that time and invest in yourself. If that's what you need to do, don't be afraid to give yourself that gift. And you may need professional help because maybe this is just not your thing, but you really want to do it. There are organizations that you can go to. I belonged for years to NAPO, which is N-A-P-O, National Association of Productivity and Organizing. They on their website have different people you can, you know, connect with in your area. And actually I do also still have a couple of clients in the San Francisco Bay area. So I might be open to that. It's something I don't do as often anymore, but it's something I actually love to do. So I don't mind doing it most of the time when somebody wants to hire me. But like I said, it's not something I normally, I never advertise that. I want to give you a few last thoughts, important things to think about. First off, take your garbage out right away when you're done. Or maybe if it gets full, take it out in the middle so that when you get your garbage bag full, you can just keep adding it. When it's overstuffed and you go, oh, I can't really fit anymore in there, you might feel like stopping. Don't stop if you're really go, go, going. So take the garbage out right away. And then when you're complete and you have this bag or box of donated items, that's a number of them, get rid of them at least within the week. Take them to the Salvation Army or whoever the heck has taken this stuff. Don't keep it. And if you have those undecided items that are in your garage, in those bins I talked about, make sure you mark them for six months from the time you put them in the garage. And then remember to look at them from time to time. Maybe put a note in your calendar or something on your phone to remind you to do that so that you can not just leave them sitting there forever. You really can feel physically Mentally and emotionally lighter and brighter after you remove the stuff from your house. And like I said before, remember, it's always worse before it gets better. So don't worry about it. Decluttering and organizing does not have to look rigid. Remember, it just means that there will be less things there and you can put them however and wherever makes the most sense to you. Don't let someone talk you into putting it somewhere that totally won't work for you. But keep it fun and keep it light. And by all means, do not give up. Make sure that you can have things that work for you, where it works for you, and have fun doing it. Don't let yourself not follow through when you want to.
0: Thank you for listening to Connect to Joy. If you love the show, make sure you rate, review, and share this podcast, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Contact the host, Carol DeShane, with questions and comments, ideas for future episodes, or if you would like to become a guest. And remember, transformation is a journey and not an end destination. So be kind to yourself, because you are already enough to have the joyful, limitless life that you desire.